Hello and welcome to episode 3 of series 2 of the Tea Room Talks podcast, the podcast breaking the stigma. I hope this finds you well. Now, for this week's episode, we're joined with Nicola, who runs a mental health organisation, but she also suffers from bipolar disorder. The chat that we had helps bring awareness to those living with bipolar to understand it better themselves, others around them to understand it, and perhaps realise that the difficult process that can often be found when diagnosing mental illnesses or disorders. We find out about the creation and the work that Nicola's organisation also does and how it benefits others. Let's take a listen to the chat that we had. So I'm joined with Nicola Nourish, creator of Marbles Lost and Found and mental health advocate. Nicola, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for asking me. So let's talk your background with mental health and your own personal experiences with uh, a mental disorder. Yeah, so um, I wasn't diagnosed um, until I was 30 um, with bipolar 2 and generalised anxiety. But throughout my life, I had many instances of um, very bad bouts of depression, anxiety, um, problems in relationships, um, self-harming. So there was a lot of mental health history, should we say, in my past. And it wasn't until a GP took the time and looked at my history that he thought I had bipolar. And then that's when my journey started under psychiatry at the age of 30. And it took them two years to diagnose me with bipolar. In those two years, I was given borderline personality disorder um, and then bipolar one and then eventually bipolar two. Um, It was all a massive learning experience for me being diagnosed, um, going through the system, being medicated. But um, my history, ever since I can remember, even as a child, I would have bouts of depression where I would feel sad, but I never quite knew why. Um, I would have um, really bad moods um, that my family would find hard to deal with when I was, especially when I was a teenager. That's when it really became apparent that I think my parents thought I was a naughty child or naughty teenager. But now when they look back, they can see the signs. But of course, early 90s, bipolar didn't even exist then. It was manic depression. So and we didn't have the awareness that we have nowadays, all the labels that we have nowadays. So it wasn't something that would have been kind of picked up on, really. So that's probably why I was so late in being diagnosed with bipolar because I am a different generation, I'm 46. So mental health awareness and the labels that we see nowadays are very much a new thing. And the the system is very different than it used to be. So that's a little bit about my history. And um, yeah, my mentalness, as I say. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that must have been so frustrating, you know, hearing that the, the unknown of feeling probably something's not quite right but never really getting to the bottom of it It must have been so um, frustrating you know how did the actual diagnosis because now we're talking about an an actual disorder here a a mental condition um, how did diagnosis actually make you feel you know did it did it almost give you feelings of um, you know upset because you know what you have and it's a serious condition or did it almost make you feel relieved to know that there is a reason behind this I think for me personally, when I first got the diagnosis of bipolar, I didn't understand it. I only knew about bipolar by certain celebrities that I knew. So Stephen Fry, I knew he had bipolar. I'd watched his documentary. I knew about Carrie Fisher. 
and that and Kerry Katona. That's all I knew about bipolar. So I think at first I was a little bit kind of didn't know what to expect. I was thinking, am I going to be this way? Am I going to be that way? And also at the time, especially when you're quite poorly and you're going through diagnosis and referral through psychiatry, it's a learning game in itself because you, I call it the medication train, but they put you on the medication train. And basically that will kind of define whether or not you do have bipolar. So for example, they gave me an antidepressant, it caused massive hypers. So then they would put in a mood suppressant and antipsychotics. And this is how they kind of distinguish whether or not you have got a particular disorder. Because if you gave an antidepressant to somebody with just with clinical depression, that will help them. You give that to somebody who has suspected bipolar, they will go too high. So that's where the mood suppressant. So it's I remember psychiatry showing me a wiggly graph, and they said basically this is how we kind of figure out where you are on the mental health kind of diagnosis by introducing meds in you know into your system by the way you react to your meds will indicate whether or not they're the right meds and whether or not you have a particular disorder and with bipolar medication is very important because you have to nip several moods um you have to deal with your ups your downs psychosis and all kinds of little traits that you have like self-harming and stuff like that depending where you are on the spectrum so it was trial and error with medications to see whether or not I did have bipolar by the way I reacted to medication so that was a very much a big learning experience for me because I was quite poorly when I first went into psychiatry and going through the diagnosis um, and you are highly medicated so it is an adjustment for the person and it's also a learning curve as well and it's a lot to take in when your mind isn't working very well you've got a professional who's feeding you loads of information and telling you this telling you that and you're trying to take it in with your mental brain it's very very hard and I think they need so at first when I had that label I didn't want that label because I thought I was going to be a certain way I didn't understand it so it was like a, a whole new chapter for me that I had to kind of learn and research and accept. Now I would say that I love having my label and having my diagnosis of bipolar because it allows me to work on me and figure out who I am as a person. What's me? What's mental me? You know, what's effects of life, trauma, all those things that we all experience with our mental health. So I'm really grateful now for the diagnosis because it has paved the way for me to live my life, change my life and continue with my life. For example, obviously creating marbles. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that because I had to learn about me and learn how to keep myself safe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and, and let's talk about um, marbles lost and found then. You know, obviously based on your experiences and, and how you've um, sort of made your way through your journey of mental health and, and dealing with a disorder, what was the idea behind the creation was it? What, what was, you know, what really made you want to create um, something that would benefit others? And um, more importantly, to introduce it to our listeners, what services you actually offer? Yeah, so Marbles initially, basically what happened is I hit crisis in a really bad way and instead of going to accident and emergency I use what we call here in Plymouth headspace it's what they call a crisis cafe so you can go there instead of going to 
to the hospital. So I went there that night and I spoke to a gentleman who saved my life and he was lived experience. And for some reason, he got through to me that night and he just made me think, I've got to learn to help myself. You know, the system is not going to support me the way I want and I have to live with this. So I need to learn about me. I need to learn about bipolar. So after I recovered from that, I had a bit of a high as well. And when you have highs with bipolar, you kind of have these great ideas and you're, you're kind of, you know, thank you, God kind of thing. And I thought, wow, we need something out there that has everything in one place about mental health. But there isn't anything out there. So I started researching and there's loads of fantastic organizations out there. You know, we've got the Samaritans, you know, we've got some great organizations out there. But it's all over the place. It is very clinical. It's not very lived experience. So I started, you know, looking around. I started learning about bipolar. You know, what it what was bipolar? You know, what's the traits? How do you live with bipolar? So I started educating myself. Then the more I'm looking online and following social media, I'm kind of getting involved in the mental health community that's online. And it was really supportive, really informative, really helpful. And I thought, I need to put this together. So I was having a lot of bipolar high. So instead of riding with my hypers, I channeled it into this website. And it just naturally grew. It was like I was meant to do it in a way. Um, it just became very natural to me how I wanted to develop something that would help somebody else like me. Somebody else that was struggling or somebody else that wanted to learn to help themselves or needed to find the right crisis support and I just spent hours and hours and hours researching putting it all together and then luckily one of my friends who happens to be a bit of a whiz on computers said I'll help you build the website let's do it and it just naturally kind of found itself just building and building and building and the more I research the more I found out that there is so much help out there for everybody but I call it the pick and mix effect with mental health you have a, have to have a little bit of everything and what fits one doesn't always fit the other and I had to learn that because I would go to bipolar groups for example and I would come out of those sit down groups and I'd be like oh god am I going to be like that do I need those meds but I had to learn to take that step back and concentrate on me as an individual. And that's a big thing with mental health because we have these labels and people try to fit into these labels, but we are still very unique. We may have the same label, but we are still very unique in our behaviours. And I think that's what I started learning um, about my disorder and about mental health in general was it's very complex. There's a lot to it on recovery and staying stable and I just started piecing it all together I started um, reaching out to those in the local community so headspace that saved my life that night I became a volunteer um, eventually and I was helping other people out of crisis so I started getting training and working with um, professional organizations as a volunteer and that gave me even more information to add on to the site the more I, I developed marbles and the more when I started networking, I realized that there was an actual real need for service users to have a safe space, a community, awareness and well-being. Because when you go through psychiatry, 
the psychiatrist is not there to give you awareness. They're not there to give you well-being. They're there to give you diagnosis and medication. The rest is down to counselling services, groups and the rest of it to help you with your well-being and your coping strategies. So um, I used every bit of experience, my whole journey through psychiatry and me as an individual. And I, I just channeled it into the website and it just felt natural for me to develop something like this. And as I was developing it, I was finding that I was I was coping better. And I was like, this is actually working. So I just kept going. And then Marbles launched five years ago and it's been a huge success here in Plymouth. It's reached as far as the States and Australia, because I think a lot of people out there want to live their lives, but sometimes they just need that guiding hand. And some people are private about their mental health. So a website gives you that privacy, but it also gives you that community feel if you need it as well. So, uh, you know, I would do things like if I was in crisis and crying, I was thinking about ways people would reach out. So would they text? Would they call? All those kind of things were put in place. Every little thing on that website has been built through personal experience, not just by my by myself, but by others as well. Um, and it covers everything from the awareness to well-being, local services, social media, because you have to cover everything when it comes to mental health, every little thing in your in your life. Um, it's like, you know, if you have diabetes, you manage it, don't you, on a daily basis. And you have to do that with your mental health. But there's the system doesn't guide you in that in that way. And that's where marbles came from was I wanted to help myself. And in the end, I thought I also want to help others that may have gone through this because sometimes you need to talk to somebody who gets it you know you're talking to somebody in crisis and they don't have that empathy and they don't have that understanding they're not going to get through to you yeah they will not go to you lived experience and a lot of us at headspace as volunteers were all lived experience and i think that's why it worked so well and i think that's why it saved my life that night because i spoke to someone who got it and said you know what you can get through this we just need to find what fits you and that's always been my my kind of motto for marbles you know find what fits you your warrior things like that yeah no exactly and you know it's a great idea because in effect it's it's holding that person's hand while they're channeling almost what's going on in the external part of their life i.e you know finding a therapist finding counseling getting medication but also in the emotional state of look let's show you how to get help and here are the charities that may be able to help you and it's offering that that almost holding hand and arm around the shoulder to you know help people in in that aspect and you know great name by the way obviously I, I appreciate the pun there I'm always one for pun in names it's really good it actually comes from granddad because my great granny had personality disorder but of course completely different generation you, you know, this kind of generation where you suck it up and you got on with it, you know, and it's the same with my nan's generation. But my my granddad always used to nudge me and say, your great granny's lost her marbles. <laughs> and, he was, and he was in the Navy as well. And apparently it's a bit of a Navy term because a lot of uh, guys in the Navy used to drink gin once upon a time, but it used to make them depressed. So they say they've lost their marbles. Well, I, I, I certainly didn't know that. <laughs> but, you know, based on your experience and, and naturally what the services you're going to offer you've done that to to assist others now I think 
you know, going back to when we first met and what you've said about diagnosis of your own condition, would you say that this comes from your experiences of perhaps not feeling supported? Because I know that you shared the information with me that before you had that diagnosis, I mean, you just felt completely unsupported. I mean, talk us through that that whole experience between the gap of, you know, your your personality and not knowing what's going on and, and just the lack of support that you found. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people will resonate with this is the amount of times a lot of us will go to a GP and we're asking for help. And I now know from personal experience that GPs don't get a lot of training when it comes to mental health. So it does depend on what type of GP you get. Do they have that empathy and understanding? And I was very lucky that the GP I saw when I had a massive meltdown, a massive breakdown, basically, who looked at my records, took the time to look at my records and saw a pattern. And he said, you need to see psychiatry. I think you've got bipolar. But it wasn't until that one GP took one GP to, to notice that to get me into psychiatry but all the years previous, I was just fobbed off with antidepressants, talk therapy, CBT, all of that kind of stuff. Nobody took the time to really look at my history. And I think this is an ongoing trait because I've gone to psychiatry appointments and they haven't looked at my past records. So we'll be going through medications. I'll be like, no, I tried that one. If you read my record, it will tell you why I came off it. So there's a lack of communication, I think, between services, which causes a huge issue for those of us with mental health issues, lack of awareness, a lack of empathy as well and understanding in the system. Yeah. And another reason why marbles became about because I was lost. And when you're under psychiatry, they can only do so much. It took me many years to learn that, that they are there for diagnosis and medication. They're not there for anything else. That's where the other services come in. But when you have bipolar, it's a chemical condition. So some services you can't access because you're too complex. So, you know, another reason why I put marbles in place, because I was sick and tired of being pushed away from help because I was too complex. It's a chemical condition. We don't deal with that. So those are the barriers I was constantly coming up against when I was trying to seek help and support. And I think this is why marbles has become so successful is not only do I address what the issues are that you're facing and where you can get the help, but also to look at mental health in a different way. Look at the the you know the extra strength we have, the the resilience we have, the empathy we have, and sometimes the fun we can have. You know, bipolar can be bloody good fun sometimes <laughs> when you're on a high. You know, I can get loads done. You know, I've built a website. I made I've made it a CIC company. That is due to my hypers. And having bipolar, I would never have been able to do it without my mental health condition. And I try to, people that come through to me, people that come to my group, I'm very much about trying to beef people up, trying to bring a smile to their face. And, you know, they're saying it's okay not to be okay. I know it's a tag, but it's true. It's, it's causing more issues than it's solving right now. No, I totally agree, and and you know it's it's interesting there that you've mentioned about bipolar disorder. I, I certainly want to, you know, learn a bit more because you mentioned in the beginning about the types of bipolar, and what, what would you say in in regards to your symptoms or the behaviour you've had where you've had that diagnosis? What would you say was really defining of the the different types of bipolar? So you know, I 
I've come across, you know, I've, I mix and mingle. I've got bipolar friends. We have bipolar chats. So I've got friends that are what they call bipolar one. So they're a lot more extreme. They have a lot more psychosis. So their stability isn't as stable for longer periods of time. Whilst I'm what they call a bipolar two. So I have a lot of episodes, but I can control them better than somebody with bipolar one. Then you have something, and I think they've taken it away now. They just have bipolar now. They did have something which is called um, cycloma or something like that, where you only have a couple of episodes a year. So there was three different types of bipolar, but now they're just calling it bipolar. They're, they change the labels all the time. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm a bipolar too. So I'm, I can be pretty hectic, but I'm not as bad as a number one. Yeah. <laughs> they're a bit more yeah. You know, sometimes you've got to laugh about it. You know, you do have to laugh about it. You can't take it too seriously sometimes because you do take it seriously sometimes. So you need to give yourself that break and you need to find that balance and, and you know, laugh about it sometimes, you know. And I, I try to bring that to marbles. I try to bring a bit of ray of light to people that are in a dark place, you know, try and, you know, do things with them that will actually beef them up a little bit and make them feel proud about themselves because with mental health you're constantly putting yourself down so sometimes you need that other little voice telling you no you're a warrior and that's why i call everyone warriors on marbles because we're fighting a battle not many people understand yeah no that's that's completely right and you know it's interesting to see now within your past diagnosis and how you deal with it now you know Compared to how you were in much younger life where you didn't really know what's going on, do you, do you find that you notice signs or almost little inklings that you might be going through a period of a high or a low? What would you say that your pointers are that you, you can think that I might need help soon because, you know, I'm noticing I'm doing this? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very aware, but that's taken time and Marbles has helped me recognise those signs and symptoms because there's a lot of things you have to put in place. I, you know, you've got to make sure you have a routine. You've got to make sure you eat properly. You need to make sure it's very important you take your medications because obviously that will affect your, your chemical imbalance in your brain, missing meds, abusing meds, stuff like that. I've had to learn lots of things. So when I was in my 20s, I was renowned for being a bit of a party animal. But of course, I now know that when I was drinking or doing any form of drugs and stuff like that, it was triggering hypers. So it's triggering a bipolar high. So no wonder I was going on for hours and hours and hours. But it wasn't until I learned about my disorder and I had to learn the changes I needed to make that I realised, like, oh, I can't really drink like that very much. Um, obviously, don't do drugs. Um, it was a self-harming technique, really. So I've I've had to learn along the way. But with bipolar, you have to be very aware of your triggers. So for me, I have what's called mixed episodes. So I can have, I can be in a downer and a high at the same time. That can last a couple of hours to a couple of days. Or I can have what's called rapid cycling, which means I can wake up on a low, but by the end of the day, I could be high as a kite. So I'm very, very complex and I'm quite... <laughs> unique should we say even the psychiatrist says mm, you're a bit complex because you swing all over the place but what I do is I recognize that so let's say I'm on a really big hyper I love dance so I dance um I also use psychiatry find it quite funny but I hula hoop so it keeps me in one place 
it gets rid of my energy, it gets me to do a bit of mindfulness and CBT. Um, it gets me to process my thought thinking processes, but it works. And I always say to people, find what fits you. And I do things like I like to go to the beach and I do my breathing. Um, so if I've had a really shitty day and I'm feeling really low, I'll go up the moors because sometimes being in the big open space with a bit of breathing can really bring you back to reality and make your problems feel a little bit less overwhelming. So I put lots of different mechanisms in place, a little bit of something for each mood. But I can normally tell when I'm coming down with a with a massive episode, I have, I call it leaky eye syndrome, where I cry and I can't control it. I don't eat. I sleep a lot. If I'm hyper, I don't sleep at all. I'm going for days on end I don't need to eat you know I think I'm invincible so I've got those two sides to me so I just have to pay attention to my mind and my body and also to you've got to tell yourself with mental health those days I'm not functioning I need a day in bed and it's okay to have a couple of days I sometimes will have two to three days where I don't function I can't get out of bed but as long as it's not over two it's not two weeks then you need to obviously seek professional support but you've got to learn also not to bash yourself and take that rest. You know, you would say it to somebody who broke their arm or leg, you need to rest up. Yeah, yeah, you know, people need to do that more with mental health. They do. Yes. We need to have these open conversations. That, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you've been in bed all day. That doesn't matter. That's fine. Take it as a down day, you know, and not beat ourselves up about it. And, you know, I've learned over the years to, yeah, kind of do what's right for me. What works for me, really? Yeah, and that's it, and take that stigma and try and diffuse it. And like, like you say, I've certainly had experiences myself where, unfortunately, I've dealt with uh, past um, partners who, when I was struggling with this, uh, I suppose, anxiety or depression bout, I really didn't know what was going on with myself before I seeked sort of professional help. That, you know, it, it can feel alienating almost to have someone call you that, you know you're lazy or you're embarrassing me because you're not getting out of bed or you're not going to work and that's that's um awful or what's wrong with you or phrases like um um you're not like you used to be or what's changed with you and it's all very onus on you and it can feel so so demoralizing so upsetting when someone's there accusing you of being different and it's just the realization that unfortunately that some people will never understand that and they will always attack you with your differences and um almost their insecurities with that you know it's it's great now that in in you know closer years and you sort of adapted and you've learned how to to notice these signs and how to move on which is fantastic and which is almost the key with mental health is to to learn about yourself and to try and move on you know I, with my work if I'm having a, a period where I feel like I'm very overstressed it's very easy being self-employed to try and adapt however yes there might be other you know stresses there with financial stress if I try and deny work however it's not going to be as stressful as I find them you know a stitch in time saves nine because if I have that time off and allow that time, it saves a, a future breakdown where I might need weeks off. And that's the way that I yeah, view exactly. it. Yeah, you sometimes you and I do it with work where I, I'll take a couple of days off where I'll phone up and say, and it's a hard conversation to have with your workplace. I find it easier to phone up with a migraine than to tell my manager, I'm having a mental breakdown today. I can't come in. 
it's really, really, and I'm an advocate and I find it hard. So, you know, it's a really hard call to make when you've got mental health because you feel so guilty, don't you? You you really kind of, well, you're downing on yourself, aren't you? You're, you're bashing yourself, really. And that's the thing about mental health is it's a very lonely experience because it's it's you in your head and your thoughts and your feelings, you know? This is why we need more open conversations. This is why we need it from school level, because we need people to feel comfortable about talking about mental health and then get things in place so they don't spiral and we don't have so much crisis. We need more well-being. Yeah, no, exactly that. And, you know, talking about the way that society is in regards to mental health and how to change, what would your personal opinion be on, you know, the most important factor that you faced in regards to support and what do you feel that needs addressing the most you know we've got various things here we've got correct diagnosis we've got financial support therapy groups social aspects workplace knowledge what do you feel like really in your life has impacted you the most that you feel like oh if I could change it these are what the real urgent things of what I need to change about how mental health is perceived or the 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 areas that lack support Well, I'm working quite hard. You know, my vision for Marbles is I want to actually at the point of GP level. So when somebody goes into a GP surgery, um, you know, we all know that when you go to a GP, you have 15 minutes to 20 minutes. If you're lucky with that GP, there's no way they're going to know about that person and their life in 20 minutes. GPs, with the use of something like marbles, you are allowing that person to leave your room, not only with the support you've given as a GP, but you are letting them leave the room with something in their hand that gives them everything from crisis support to well-being, local services, and so much more. A community, a safe community where they can talk to like-minded people. So they're kind of leaving the room with a whole handful of support. They could go home then in their own time, have a look, see what suits them and then take the next step and also what needs to happen is the NHS and I'm working been working very hard with this need to recognize that they have to work with grassroots organizations because a lot of the services don't suit a lot of people um you know we talk about borderline personality disorder it's a huge label at the moment everybody's got it but there's the support for it. It doesn't sit sit under psychiatry because it's a mood disorder. But the help for borderline personality disorder is really rubbish. And because they're like bipolar, they need a mix of things because it's quite a complex disorder because it's it's related to moods. So what we need by the system is they need to reach out to us groups and give us funding so we can run, you know, support groups, the right type of support groups. We can um, have cheaper counselling so people aren't waiting for three to four months for a, a, their first counselling appointment. And also, it's not all about just counselling. Talk, one-to-one talk therapy doesn't work for everybody. You know, some people might need an art group. Some people might need a singing group. Somebody might just want a coffee morning. It's about giving people the choices. Because I found when I got diagnosed with bipolar, I felt like a lot of my choices had gone. I thought I was stuck in this mental health bubble and I can only go so so far, and then there's a barrier. There was no choice. And that's what I do with marbles on where I'm trying to get in the system. We need more choice, more awareness, uh, more coping strategies, less emphasis on crisis, more emphasis on well-being. Because if you put better well-being in place and awareness, we won't have so many people hitting crisis because the support will be there before they hit that stage. 
And that's what we need more of. People are hitting crisis all the time because they're not getting the support in between. You know, that they're lost. They don't understand it. They don't know where to go. So, you know, we need something like Marbles and other organisations that do similar things to actually be the in-betweeners, should we say, the ones to guide them, hold their hands, give them that support and lived experience as well. More of lived experience needs, needs to actually be injected into the system. That's why the the dynamic of it works so well to try and boost that that helping hand for for people because it's one of the things that people don't often have the confidence to seek that help and to make that move. Um, finally, if you know you can mention to our listeners where you are reachable, where you can be found, and your socials online to to you know assist with them and uh, how to get in touch with your services. Yeah, so there's a couple of things on Marbles. So obviously you can visit the website, which is www.marbleslostandfound.co.uk. So you can go onto the website. So there's what we call in an emergency. So you hit that and that will give you all the links to all of the services in the UK and abroad across everywhere around the world. So there's crisis lines. So those lines, you can talk to somebody, you can text somebody. Because if you've been crying a lot, you might not want to talk to someone. You might be easier just, you know, doing it on texting because it is a lot easier for a lot of people. You've got the awareness on there. You've got local services. At the moment, the local services only run up to Liverpool. It is a job to try and find, obviously, local when you don't live in the area. Thank God for Google. Um, that is going to be continuously, the whole website is continuously changing because marbles is only what i've managed to do i want more professionals on board with marbles offering advice i want other people lived experience bloggers i have blogging section which is very popular on marbles i am trying very hard to get the men to do it a bit more but the women love blogging and a lot of people find that very helpful because it's it's a private thing you know, you read someone else's story might make you feel better about your day. People that blog is like journaling. It's very therapeutic to get it out on paper or on, on computer. So, you know, people can get involved in marbles. If you've got something that I've missed or you want to get involved and give an advice or awareness, send me an email. There's a contact us button. Just send me an email. I also run um, across social media. So I've got TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and I like to kind of give I'm very transparent as a charity organisation because I'm a CIC company now. So I'm very transparent as to where my funding goes, what I do. I give daily kind of helpful information. Everything is very positive. You can always PM me through the Facebook page if you're struggling. We can have a chat. I'm there basically to give a helping hand. So there's lots of different platforms to Marbles. So it's kind of giving people those choices, really. So I try and give them the support that I never really received and tried to give them that guidance and give them a bit of a boost up really that you know you're, you're a warrior you're doing really well if you've reached out to me that's a major step that's a step in the right direction you know and you're not alone the biggest thing is to tell people you're not alone in this you are going to get through this you just need a little bit of help yeah fantastic and hopefully as well for anyone listening that they can get in touch with those services and it's something that really helps them nikki it's been absolutely fantastic to talk to you today thank you so much for your time and expertise on the issue and telling us all about your backstory and and the great work that you're doing so thank you so much for your time tonight you're welcome 
some interesting topics discussed there when learning of the process of dealing with a difficult diagnosis and almost the frustration that came with it. It's no wonder that Nicola wanted to create something to change the way that it's dealt with. I'm often amazed at the work that people do after I've met them and how frequent their poor situations are and it leads them to do such incredible work and this is another example of that. The link for Marbles Lost and Found will be available and for sure check them out and take a look at the the awesome work that they are doing. As always, thanks for joining us for another week. I look forward to next week where we'll be looking further into breaking the stigma around mental health.